I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and today we have another talk from Bryson SEO 2013, this time it's Dan Patmore of Argus and he's discussing how to prioritise, drive and survive, all coming up in Internet Marketing. Hi. Right, well... Uh Good afternoon. Um, as Tim said, I'm Dan Patmore. I'm the search manager for Argos, so I look after everything relating to PPC and SEO. It's, uh, it's great fun to be here as one of the token in-houses. Um, I thought long and hard about how I wanted to put this presentation together, and as it turns out, I've just given you a ramble. So um, please don't expect um, wonderful case studies today. So Argos, you might have heard of us, one of the biggest multi-channel uh, um, companies in the UK. Just out of interest and to, for my own amusement, how many of you guys have shopped at Argos in the last 12 months? Can you have a show of hands? Okay, well, you're clearly lying because over 70% of the UK shop with Argos each year. Um, usually found to be one of the third largest sites in shopping and classifieds market and hit-wise. Um, so in terms of our team and our structure, I think what I really wanted to do for you today was kind of talk you through how we're set up, why we do some of the things we do. So, as I've already said, I look after SEO and PPC, and in all honesty, more than more the majority of my time gets spent on paid search, with paid budgets being what they are. I'm supported by a team of two internally who spend an awful lot of their time actually doing some of the boring stuff that Barry and talked about before, in terms of analysis, um, reporting, dealing with internal stakeholders. And we're actually supported by some great friends of ours in NetBooster, based in Cornwall, used to be known as Guava who help us with our strategy, give us consultation, get told no a lot, and do an awful lot of work for our, for our outreach. Um, now, obviously, very much simplifying it, you can split SEO into two ways, um, on-site and off-site. From an on-site point of view, that's a massive challenge for, for me and for my team. Argos is a huge business, lots and lots of stakeholders, Lots of people looking after different parts, you know, whether it's people looking after the product information over here, merchandising, other content there. So for us, doing obviously some of the real, the real, the real core SEO becomes quite a challenge when we, we don't actually have control of the site as a whole. I think in the last 12 months we've, we've gone a long way to improving some of that, but um, there's still a lot of work for us to get through there. 
So for me, you know, this means that some, some stuff that you guys would consider complete best practice can get missed at times. Um, but we're working on that. From an off-site point of view, you know, for me, this is a bit more like a blank canvas. As long as we aren't treading on the toes of PR or pissing off investors, and, and we're speaking in a good way that's for the brand, we can, kind of, we can get on and do what we want uninterrupted, and we have, we have some great fun in that space. Now, the challenge for me is kind of going, actually, and, and it is a bit cliche, but we are, we are a small cog in a very, very big machine. You know, it's very easy to get frustrated about that and think, well, you know, why don't people get this? But the, the fact of the matter is, my priorities aren't necessarily the businesses. So, you know, that, when you take this into account, it starts to, it really starts to shape what the role becomes. You know, it's not a purist position that we're in there. So, we spend, still spend an awful lot of our time educating. You know, I, it's a huge part of my remit. It's a traditional business I'm dealing with here. You know, people who have been working in marketing or trading for over 20 years, you know, the world has changed completely in that time for them. So I spend an awful lot of time talking to people, explaining about SEO, explaining about what we do and why we're important to the business. It can be infuriating at times, but it's such a critical part of what I have to do on a daily basis. And I guess I'd implore to you guys that actually, you know, what are the engagement levels like across the businesses that you're dealing with? You know, and I, I apologise for the slightly cheesy image. There are two very cheesy images in this presentation. This is the first one. But in a business where there are lots of different stakeholders and you, know, you don't have much control and there are lots of conversations happening all the time, you've got to make friends. You've got to have friends across the business. I spend so much time, after I've done this education piece, engaging with these stakeholders, trying to make friends, make sure they understand what's important to us, why it matters. So when these crazy conversations are happening in random parts of the business, people might think, hey, Dan and his team need to know about that, or this impacts SEO. And obviously, if you're talking about a website, basically everything impacts SEO. So as many friends as I can make is massively important to me in terms of how I can get my strategy away. And then the third element there, for me, becomes about patience. And if you speak to any of the NetBooster guys who are here today, they can, uh, they can share my sentiments here. It'd be very, very easy for me to get frustrated when you know, the things that I want on the development agenda aren't happening or they're getting delayed. These things take a lot of time. There's a huge process map for, for getting anything done on the site. It touches so many different people. There's so many things to be done there. So, you know, all of these things kind of lead up to my role not being a purist search role. I love search. I love SEO. I'm very, very passionate about it. I'm very sad like that. But in a, in a big business, I can't be a purist at all. So, how do we prioritise? How do we prioritise SEO in a large organisation? Now, I've got two or three ways I'm going to outline here some of which may actually gall some of you, and you know what, they gall me a little bit too at times. So, number one, it's about impact. This is a huge business, you know, I can want to make best practice changes across the board, some of those are going to make smaller impacts than some other things we can do. You know, there are a lot of people who want to take up the valuable time of the developers in our business, so I need to talk about impact, I need to visualise that. I need to do something which I think a lot of people in our industry are uncomfortable with when it comes to natural search, and I need to make predictions. I need to say, if we do this, this is what I think is going to happen. If we don't do this, this is what I think the risk is. It becomes challenging, but you need to use the information that we have available, whether it's from previous experience or from what we've seen happening in the industry, to actually try and make the business care. And when I talk about impact, you know, I work for a big business. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's money that I'm talking about, rightly or wrongly. 
cash comes into play. And also it comes into play from the point of view of how expensive are some of these developments we want in relation to the money that we can actually say we think we're going to get back from them. Now, this is the one that for me personally is a bit more contentious, but in a huge business, actually what the competition can do, is doing can matter greatly. You know, if I'm trying to secure funding, secure engagement, I might be talking to people saying, right, we've got all this opportunity, there's all these, these terms that we aren't hitting, and get a blank face. I might go, do you know what, we're already delivering this, but if I go and do these things, I'm going to give you even more and get a blank face. But sometimes, if I go, we're losing out because whoever is doing this, you suddenly get a big, big nodding heads because actually, in a business like ours in mass market, there are a lot of people we're trying to compete with all the time. Um, and like I say, rightly or wrongly, actually that can be effective. And then, this is the other slightly shit image, I apologise for it. Um, it's piggybacking. This apparently represents piggybacking. I'm not sure whether you'd agree with that or not. Either way, it's slightly bizarre. But actually, piggybacking can be incredibly effective. You know, there is a development agenda. It is big, it is complex, and can be lengthy. But if we can be speaking to people, if we can be making friends with these stakeholders and they know the changes we want to make and why, sometimes they can actually batch in some of those smaller bits for us that would be hard to get away. They can batch in with another development. So, you know, the costs do stack up or actually someone's not going to notice that that work's being done as well. So we can get these things through. Now, you know, those three ways may sound quite disempowered and... Um, and quite uncomfortable and not really the way that you should be prioritising SEO. But actually, using those tactics well can be incredibly effective. Um, particularly while we carry on doing this educating and the business carry on uh, re-envisioning itself. So, you know, I, I want to uh, go through the next couple of slides and actually talk through a few things that we, we have prioritised. And like I say, you know, um, some of these things might be rightly or wrongly, some of it's just about the real world that, that I have to live and operate in. So I'm sure there are countless people across this crowd who might have taken a nosy at a site like ours or some of our key competitors and find, find these fundamental flaws. And do you know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got them on a list somewhere. And I'm pretty sure the team at NetBooster have been talking to us about it for years. Um, so I've mentioned off-site already. You know, the thing for me is with, with off-site being a blank canvas, you know, we, we can get on and, and go and do some good stuff there. It may not be our first choice, you know, it may not be the most effective place, but if we, if we can't deploy great content on the site, you know, should we then just not bother or should, actually should we go and look for more creative and other ways that we can go and do it? Well, the thing for me that I look at with off-site, particularly I think in the next 12 months, is using that as, as the test beds to kind of prove the cases to why why we should be unleashed on the site. So, you know, a lot of our time and budget is prioritised in this space, um, and, and, you know, with, with good effect. You know, talk about, obviously, on-site being, on being locked. You know, we do get things through. It makes it sound like we aren't developing the site and improving it. That's, that's not the case at all. We're, we're working on it all the time. Um, but these things, these things can be lengthy, you know. We're at a point now where we're starting to get developments on-site that are actually coming about because of functionality we've lost in other places. So there's sort of a give and take thing there, but it's starting to allow us now to get to a point where we as a team can, can start to optimise at those very, very lowest levels. Maybe we can establish some of this best practice that I've been talking about that we've been missing. And, um, you know, it, it can really help us there. But, it, you know, I think if you guys are looking at our site at any point in time, you might be going, well, why the heck are they doing this? Or 
why aren't they doing any of that? You know, some of the stuff that I think is going to happen for us in the next 12 months was just starts to, starts to work through some of those gears. You know, for me, there's so much potential on our website, it's, it's terrifying. It's just about trying to unlock that, whether it's at the lowest level or the biggest change. And so, you know, I talk about making an impact with big cash. This is something where I make an impact at a low level, but because I can piggyback off of something else. Now, the most critical thing, and, and interesting, and I, I, I spent most of the morning in the, um, in the dome. I don't know if it's come up in the other areas, but everyone at the minute is in that buzz about content marketing, which, to be fair, is what SEO always should have been. But we've stopped talking about speeds uh, in the last few weeks. So I haven't seen it kind of coming up again. This is the thing I can't emphasize enough, you know. Um, and I think if I was going to give you a takeaway in this otherwise rambling, um, rambling digest of mine, I would say prioritize speed over, over everything else. You can, I think you can be forgiven for various niggles on your site if you've got speed. Seriously, I, I, really, I really back that. And you know, to, to bring it back to offsite again, we've, you know, we've, we've used that offsite and, and creating great content and, and compelling things to, to get the Argos brand to places it wouldn't ordinarily be. Um, which actually, personally, is great for me because I sit in the acquisitions team. Um, so it can justify why we're an acquisitions channel. You know, we're getting the Argos brand to, to well-known publications that we wouldn't traditionally have featured in, in print or, or where the readers in that space aren't your typical Argos customers. You know, it gives me a chance to actually put the, put the Argos brand on a site like Don't Stay In, which is, for, the, for those of you who don't know, is a site where people upload photos from clubbing. So there's some horrendous things on there. But we were able to get the brand across in a way that was, was in keeping with what we were trying to achieve for, you know, for, for what was a very little investment for us. The other thing, and I think the thing that I'm really passionate about in this space, is this stuff that we're doing at, at the bottom, those, those sites and names that you may not know. Because, uh, you know, there are... There are thousands and thousands of people in the UK who have got very great authoritative sites who know their niches very well. And we've done some really exciting stuff with these guys in our outreach. And I think we've got, we've got more exciting things we want to do. So, you know, I guess in a lot of ways, I, I'm not a typical SEO. And there might be some of you who are thinking, well, he, he's just a blathering marketing idiot. And that's fine. But, you know, we're, we're harnessing the strength that these guys have to really drive our ranking, to drive some great traffic and to share some fantastic content. So you'll be pleased to know this, this man who's don't quite know what I'm doing on the stage, pacing around aimlessly. Um, the few tips from my side, and, and I guess kind of summarizing some of what I've said, is that for me, knowing, knowing the business that you're in or you're working with and actually what makes them tick is massively important. I talked about you know, perhaps my own personal feelings about some of the stuff with competitors, but if that's what makes your business tick and you can, you can harness that to go and do the good things that you believe in, then, then you need to you need to utilise that. You know, know who the stakeholders are, engage with them, play nice. You know, I um, that's a challenge for someone like me. I'm a massively antisocial kind of guy. I'm a big introvert, so going home to make friends with all sorts of random people around the business. I almost said some very rude words there. Around the people around the business is it, difficult, but it's very very important to our channel. You know, enough people still think SEO is voodoo, and coming I mean, it's about dispelling that myth. And I, I would implore you to be able to do that as well. Make sure that. The, the clients you're dealing with actually truly appreciate, you know, that SEO is just technology and marketing. And you know, if you if something's important to you, you need to you need to give people a reason why it's important to you. And that's for me where the, the case studies and this business impact in, you know, what fronting up and giving some numbers. You know, there have been many many decks I've put together. I said, look, this is our best guess based on the factors that we know. 
but I can't guarantee this, or you know, there could be something we've missed here. This is the best guess we have. Put a stake in the ground, visualize it, make it real. You know, if it's a business like mine, make it money, probably, but um, you know, make it as real as you can. Um, I think actually that's all I've got to say. I want to uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope I've not droned on too much. Feel free to come and say hi. I've had so much fun being down here. I met some really great people in the last 24 hours, so please come chat, say hi. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.